We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in here on a Friday afternoon. Uh, As we go into the weekend now, I think some of us are just finally catching our breath and getting the chance to process the events of Union Station and and the high that we had with the Super Bowl win and then how horrible the week got. And we have a special guest to help give us some insight. Yeah, Nick Wright from Fox Sports, uh, former denizen of these here parts and uh, host of uh, First Things First on FS1. And Nick, welcome to the program. Um, You know, given what you talked about about this on your show already, you may be the perfect person to ask because we keep getting asked from people out of town, what has this done to the psyche of the average person in Kansas City or to the town as a whole. And I want to have you feel that uh, for a minute and talk about what this means to you as a Kansas City native. Well, for sure. And thanks for having me on. Uh, KMBZ was actually my first job, technically, uh, when I was uh, I was doing 610 on the weekends. But during the day, I worked for the morning news show and uh, made calls to fire stations and police departments. So it's nice to be back on. Thank Definitely. you for having me. It's good um, to have you. So, yeah, I I mean, I'll just talk about my personal experience and kind of try to extrapolate it. I, you know, it was I had just literally just said on the air that this might be the best day of my life. And that was a little hyperbolic because, you know, I'm married with kids, but this is it was up there, man. And it was it was mass euphoria. And Kevin Wiles, my television co-host, who was there with me, put it. He said he thought in the moments leading up to the shooting that that place might have been the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Literally. Like, that. it was mm-hmm. just – it was almost a million people all pulling in the same direction just beside ourselves that we might have the greatest football team in NFL history in our little town of Kansas City. And then – that mass euphoria turned into mass panic in a way that really only a few things can cause. And, you know, light, semi-automatic rifles are one of those things that can cause it, no matter who is wielding it, no matter how many uniformed police you have and there's snipers on the roof and all of that. It only takes, you know, one or two people uh, with intent to do harm to ruin that for nearly a million people. And then for me, selfishly, I, I I was told in my earpiece because we were doing the show from our producers that, hey, there is an active shooter. We have to go. But my wife and her sisters were with me, but not with me on the stage. They were in the crowd. And that feeling of helplessness and terror of, oh, like, where is my family is haunting. And I 
you know, and lucky. She was fine. I'm fine. You know, and so for the, and I'm an adult, so I can deal with it better, I would assume, than kids can. So for all those reasons, I apologize for the rambling, long-winded answer, but it, it, it's heartbreaking and haunting. I, can you take us through a little bit more of, forgive the term, the play-by-play of from sure. the time that you were told there was an active shooter and then what you did yep. next? Yeah, so the I so I think judging by I know where what time it was on like in the show because we were pre-recording to play it live. Uh, I think it was actually seven minutes after the first you know barrage, and I could be wrong on that. It was a few minutes after the first barrage of gunshots happened that we were told we had to get off the stage. And when that happened, I then immediately scanned the crowd and prayed and hoped that my wife and her sisters would stand out. And luckily they did. And I then, you know, call over to them, come here, we have to go. And they amazingly had been, someone had said to uh, someone around them about 30 seconds before, I think someone got shot. And I don't think they took, in fact, I know they didn't take them seriously. They're like, what do you, you know what I mean? Just you're hearing secondhand, whatever. And they hadn't heard any gunshots. But then when I said to them, come, you know, we have to go, there's a shooter. That was then, I think, more easy for them to believe because of what they had heard. And so then we are trying to exit the stage area. And I heard what I am certain is a gunshot. The timeline doesn't quite work in my head. So maybe it's confirmation bias in my, but I, I heard what I thought was a gunshot, and the Fox security people said, get down. And in that moment, I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, this is this is the thing you read about and you see, and it's happening. And then we kind of made a beeline for the street and towards our hotel. And that there are two things, because I was, again, quote, lucky enough, unquote, to not see any of the victims, to not, you know, be right on top of it. But there are, so there are two images that will that have stu- seared into my brain. One was when I first put my eyes on my wife and her sisters, and the other was when we started running, this little kid who couldn't have been seven, just sobbing, and his parent kind of like pulling him at the arm, like we gotta go, and there were so many of those kids there, and this horror that we put on them by allowing this type of violence to go on unabated. Yeah. And then if I can share one other anecdote, once I got back to the hotel, there was an older woman at the elevator who recognized me and she had been on the phone and she got off the phone and she came over to me and just gave me a hug and started to cry. And she said that she was there with her daughter, the daughter's husband and her granddaughter, and that the 14 year old granddaughter led the way because she has been trained in school on what to do in these circumstances. And if that's not the most heartbreaking anecdote of modern life in America, I don't know what is. No kidding. And, and like you said, it was nine seconds after Mitch Holtis stopped talking from the stage that the shooting happened. Nine seconds. It, it was just uh, literally, and pardon the use of the term, a bang, bang thing, you know. Yeah. And, and so 
uh, now that you've had some time to to think about this, I mean, this is what we always go through. We, you, that first blush of emotion and that heartbreak and everything else is what you're going to remember out of the day. But have you had time to assimilate this? Because now everybody's looking forward to what's the next big event in Kansas City going to look like? Are people going to be afraid to go to places like that? I mean, what does it all mean to you now days later? Uh, well, listen, I don't think the I don't think this is a, can, I, a Kansas City problem. I, I'm from Kansas City. I lived there my whole life. We've always struggled with gun violence. We've always had a high murder rate. So in that regard, you can say, yes, this is a Kansas City problem. But th- this is a, a big city and small town America problem. And so if we at some point we made the choice as a collective, that we want to continue to be able to have mass gatherings and we want to continue to be able to have unabated, damn near unregulated restriction to any type of firearm imaginable. Those two things are in conflict if you want to say prevent this type of thing. Not possible. And so, uh, you know, my own Politics may be revealed here, but I mean, I think America is more likely to ban mass gatherings before we ban assault rifles. And so in reality, the truth is we'll probably just keep moving forward. I don't look at the St. Patrick's Day parade as more dangerous in Kansas City than any other place in America that's going to have a parade. But what is so striking about this moment for me was you could not – If you wanted to say, okay, what is the safest way to do it? Kansas City did it. We had we had overwhelming police presence. You had you had everyone was doing their jobs. And yet, despite that, it doesn't take anything for this to happen. And so I I, I apologize. I don't have like optimism on this front because it is just there. it, It is what it is as long as the political status quo remains what it is, which is everybody's going to have to be on high alert and hope that, you know, it, they, as, as Wilds put it on the TV show, they're, quote, one of the lucky ones, unquote. And that is a horrifying way to live that people in large portions of the rest of the world have figured out how they don't have to live that way, but we refuse to. Nick, what do you think of some of the national media coverage? Um, the Chiefs went from being kind of the villain in the Super Bowl. First, we weren't going to make it. Then we made it, and we were yeah. the villain in the Super Bowl. And then a shooting breaks out nine seconds after the end of our rally. And it's been fascinating to watch how national media has covered this. What do you think of that? Well, I, you know, so I maybe have missed some of the coverage. I haven't really, I, I've, I haven't consumed as much, but. What I what I will say is I I I really I, I understand everyone's heart is in the right place and and this isn't really a complaint it's just a personal preference I hate that the hashtag KC Strong now exists I hate it I understand why it does and I'm glad the people who need help and that we can raise money and support I'm glad but it is the fact that we are now on the list of cities and places that has had the whole nation support us and come behind us because of this exact same kind of tragedy is just so depressing. 
and I'm I, the, the only coverage that I that I that I have seen that I think was wildly unfair is I know TMZ pointed out that some of the players got together Wednesday night. I I, I would like to make a comment on that specifically. There was a, just like there was last year a planned massive blowout party for the players uh, that, uh, you know, some friends and family were in attendance for last year. That was immediately canceled. Uh, the, the idea that the players, you know what I mean, a few hours later were out partying is not at all what happened. Yes, people ate dinner. But the I, and anyone that knows Kansas City knows, and with Red, listen, I, I love the Grand Balloon, been there a hundred times. That is not where anyone's going to go to have a, you know, a, a, a raucous party is celebrating a Super Bowl. They were having dinner. And so I think that is wildly unfair. I also think it would be unfair, if I may, to judge anyone who did decide Wednesday night to go on to go about life as usual, because in, because this is life as usual. If people there, there have been more mass shootings in days than days of the year so far so the, the, there is a level of that we have accepted this as a part of our life so then you must accept it and keep moving and so some of that coverage i think has been unfair and maybe the rest of it i haven't really seen i, I want to see if we can end this on a high note nick and ask sure. uh, a little bit about what you think considering the fact that so many of us here in town, I mean, we've seen these fundraisers for the family of the woman who was killed, uh, fundraisers for Children's Mercy, and and they've all gone off the charts above and beyond where, you know, the goals that they were asking for. And that's because Kansas City has opened up their wallets. It's also because some of the cities around the country that have had, you know, games against the Chiefs, San Francisco and, and, you know, uh, uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo have also done the same thing. We we have this innate understanding that sports is sports, rivalries are rivalries, and we can hate each other on Sunday, but we got to love each other again on Monday, and it's happening. So I'll, I'll give a nice anecdote that just happened on that exact note. So uh, here in New York City, my wife owns a women's boutique called Trentage, and uh, my wife is actually still in Kansas City as we speak, uh, and I'm back in New York because I had to do the show yesterday. And so I am doing something I am woefully unqualified to do, which is <laughs> running the women's boutique. So I was there today, uh, you know, advising people on which vintage sweater would look best with those pants, which I am not the right man for. But I was the one on call. And around 1230, the phone rang and I answered it. And uh, this guy called and he was like, hi. I'm flying in from uh, Buffalo, and I'm curious if you guys are open tonight. If you're open tomorrow, I've never been there. And was it asking about the store? And so, and I only know from Buffalo, well, I'll explain why. And I said, oh, you know, I gave him the details, and I said, listen, by the way, uh, you know, what are you looking for? Because the guy sounded like I would sound on the phone. Like, I'm like, I don't know if a women's boutique is what you think. Like, so I was just confused. He didn't seem like a regular customer. And he was like, well, He's like, I know – he didn't know who he was talking to. He's like, I know uh, Nick Wright's wife owns this place, and I'm in Buffalo, and we give him a real hard time about Josh Allen and the Bills, but I just wanted to come by because I'm going to be in the city and tell him that we support Kansas City 
and we appreciate some of the stuff he said on TV and just tell whomever was there that, you know, we had something tragically, of course, similar. And I think I have an idea of what you guys are going through. And I just wanted to show my support. And then I told him who he was talking to. And it was a really tragically beautiful moment of people united through a commonality of living through the scourge of gun violence in America and wanting to do something nice for another human being and not knowing exactly what to do. So he was just going to take time out of his trip to the city to go to my wife's boutique to say something nice to whomever was there. And I thought that was beautiful. And so that's my anecdote. Excellent. And Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, And and I'm glad everything worked out for you on Saturday uh, or or on Wednesday, rather. And keep making us proud, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Thank you guys very much. Thanks for having me on. Tell everyone in the building that I say hello. I appreciate it. You got it. A lot of love going around. We certainly will. Thanks a lot to Nick Wright. John, I just sent you a story that we need to talk about for a couple of minutes. We've had another case out of Colorado. It's... um, Talk, yeah, that's exactly what I did, too. We've been talking a lot lately about the case out of Colorado Springs about the funeral home where we had remains of 200 people found. It is not the same story, but it is eerily similar wow. to the one out of Colorado Springs. We will talk about this next year on KMBZ. Why Colorado, this keeps happening, is beyond me. But we have yet another case now. Uh, it is up to 30 sets of cremains that have been found in this house, this time in Denver. And one body. Uh, and yeah, one body. 30, yeah, 30, uh, just unbelievable. A warrant, and this was after a funeral home owner was evicted that all of these things were found at this rental house in Denver. Uh, eviction of a former funeral home owner, Miles Harford, age 33, uh, who owned Apollo Funeral and Cremation Service in Littleton. And one of you on the text line beat us to it and said, who, if anybody, is regulating the funeral industry in Colorado? Why does this keep happening there? That's a great question. I do not know. But when I saw this, I thought, oh, it's the same story. It's, yeah. No. <laughs> Boy, it reads like the same story, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, the headline is very, um, very eerily similar. A warrant was issued for a 33-year-old guy. And some, for some reason, I thought he'd be older. Uh, Miles Harford, expected charges include abuse of a corpse, forgery of a death certificate, and theft of the money paid for the cremation. It is the exact same thing. The body was that of a 63-year-old woman and was found on the property inside a hearse. And don't you want to know how long it was there? No. I don't know if I do. Uh, yeah. I, I, I... I mean, that, the hearse, you know, going back to the other Colorado story, that was one of the first indications when the inspector rolled up to that place after getting the calls about the smell and saw the disused hearse with with plants growing through it, um, you know, on the other side of the parking lot away from the property. And now here we have another hearse with a body inside of it that's been there for who knows how long. The last line of this AP story is not a surprise. Colorado has some of the weakest rules in the nation with no routine inspections or qualification requirements for funeral home operators. Yeah, there's your answer. I'd be texter. working on that inspection thing. No kidding. Once a year, uh, every I, two years, something. Make sure there are no cremains there that shouldn't be there. Now we're we're at the very beginning of this story, but 
And they, I mean, they, they did go on to say that this story is not in any way related to the other story because they, I mean, we're not the only ones to notice what in God's name is going on in Colorado right now. Uh, but I mean, do you expect that we're going to see and hear some of the, th- the same things that we heard? I mean, the fact that there there were 30 sets of cremains there on the property, it, it, that, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, if you had, we know that in the first funeral home, the bodies were left there because cremating a body is an expensive thing to do. And they just replaced, they, they gave the families what they said were cremains that was just crushed up concrete. So they were doing that in order to, to save money that they had apparently spent on living a lavish lifestyle. You know the story mm-hmm. by now. So in this case, if those people had already been cremated, if they were already rendered to cremains, why didn't they just give them to the people that they were supposed to? And what were those people told? Yeah because they were professionally done. So he did it, he just didn't turn them over to him. And then it's left so weird. And then left a woman left a woman's body in the hearse and just what? <laughs> just disappeared? We will definitely follow this. So they're still looking for this guy. Uh they think he's in Littleton and they're looking for him. So I'm sure once we get more of the probable cause statement, we'll learn more about this story. All right. Among the people who were at the shooting and at the rally uh, earlier this week were Manny Abarca, uh, the Jackson County Legislature. He tells his story next here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We continue to hear the stories of people who were at Union Station, at the rally, at the parade, when the shots rang out and what those experiences were like. Uh, we have a special guest with us to tell us more. Jackson County Legislator Manny Abarca, kind enough to join us again. And Manny, I never thought I'd say this, but boy, I really wish we were talking about stadium financing. Amen to that statement. Please. Yeah. i tell you what, tell us a little bit about where you were during the rally, what you saw, what you heard, and what went on around you. Yeah, so um, my daughter and I, uh, she's turning six at the end of this month. Um, we were enjoying the parade. Uh, we were sponsors from the county. Uh, and so we were in the, in the heart of the parade coming down. Uh, we were three rows from the front of the stage. Uh, everything was amazing. I have pictures of her celebrating catching confetti. And then not five minutes as we entered the, the building on the eastern end of Union Station to go to the buses, 
did we started hearing screaming and people running towards us, and it was from confetti to chaos uh, within five minutes. Okay, so what do you do then when the chaos begins? Yeah, I mean, it. it um, I equate it to what I can only imagine is, is what a tsunami looks like. There were 200 or so people running towards us. Uh, with terror in their faces, screaming, run, they're shooting, call the police. Uh, I, I knew just by looking at the people who were falling and getting trampled, my 35-pound-year-old daughter is not – she wasn't going to make it in that way. So I grabbed her in my arms. I rushed into Pierpont, and I had been to many events in the basement, and I knew, like, that's not a common place for people to go. I took her straight down there looking for a place to hide, and it wasn't at the landing of those steps that I realized – Oh my God! This is an active shooter situation. What? And it, and it just kind of triggered that I I went into self protection mode. It's got to be hard to believe. I mean, even when you hear the people who are running in screaming, <laughs> they're shooting, they're shooting. You must have had a moment where it was just like, no, 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 come on, that can't be. It was so surreal, and and I I definitely stood there and I was watching it happen, and then I turned and looked, and and I'm surrounded by players, by other legislators, by the Hunt family. I remember seeing uh, Clark Hunt's wife and daughter uh, right there. They were frantic. They ran inside the building, and I followed. Uh, players, Coach Reed, all of us ran into Pierpont, uh, and it was it was very surreal. I'm curious to know. Um, I, I know that you just kind of followed people as they ran, but when you don't know exactly where the gunfire is coming from, how do you know where to run to? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I was like the rats on the Titanic or what, but obviously people were running away from the western edge of Union Station, and that's where I wanted to get as far away from as possible. Um, we eventually took a safe haven in the bathroom downstairs, uh, and I propped my leg against the wall uh, at, a, at an angle, uh, and my phone was dying, and I just grabbed her tight, and I said, I need you to be quiet. We need to, to, to play the quiet game, and, and we just stood there in fear. Uh, and I was receiving text messages from friends who are who are outside of Union Station um, to get updates because I knew I couldn't um, I couldn't call out I couldn't talk uh, I texted my wife said hey we're safe I just want you to to know I love you and turn on the TV and tell me what's happening. Tell us w- what your daughter's reaction was immediately, and then if you would please let us in on some of the conversations that you've <laughs> had with her since then. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I grabbed her so quick and, and basically was like holding her like I would hold a football and just carrying yeah. her down the stairs. And she's saying, what's going on? What's going on? Daddy, tell me what's going on. What's going on? And I was just trying to keep her calm. Uh, when we got to the bathroom, uh, she asked me again, what's going on? And I told her, I said, look, we need to be quiet. I need you to be next to me. Please be quiet. And she goes, Daddy, Daddy, is this like the drill? And I, I – um, Sorry, this is the emotional part. Yeah. Um, I told her, I said, the, the drill, what are you talking about? She's like, at school, the drill. And it, I, it hit me that at KCPS, they're teaching um, students, thankfully, um, how to respond to an active shooter situation. And what a terrible realization uh, for this place in history of American history that we are teaching kindergartners that they need to respond to active shooters. And so to me, I accepted that as a gift from God saying yes, tell her yes. And and I told her, yes, it's a drill. Please be quiet. You know what to do. And she did. She she was quiet and she was whispering. And my, you don't know my daughter, but if you did, you know that she's a motor mouth and she's loud and <laughs> I love her for it. And it was instant. She went right into uh, that mode and um, she was whispering to me, what's going on? Tell me what's going on. How's mommy? Are we okay? Um, but she was the calm one there. 
What did you tell her after it was all over or the next day? Because I'm sure she had questions then about what had happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, um, I was very much in shock. Uh, I was angry once I found out that we were safe and came out of, of, of hiding. Um, and, you know, we left basically as the team left and as people got on the bus to go back to Arrowhead. And um, she was herself. She, she didn't really understand what had happened. And I even took a picture of her outside Arrowhead chasing her shadow outside. I mean, it's just the youthfulness there and the resiliency that she has is incredible. Uh, when we got home, though, is when obviously the news was running on TV. My wife was very emotional, as she should be. Um, we had a, a family embrace with my son, my 18-month-old son, and my wife. Um, we hugged and we sat on the couch and uh, we had the conversation with her about what happened. Um, and she she was in disbelief um, and didn't really understand what happened. And we were showing her the imagery on TV and she was seeing people come out and going into ambulances. And she asked, um, you know, are people okay? Are, are they okay? Are, are kids okay? I mean, she, that, that, that humility of, of putting others before her is incredible. Um, and, um, and, and I still don't think she gets it. Um, but I know that something has happened and she knows that. And so, um, you know, I checked in even this morning at breakfast, Hey, are you okay? Are you feeling okay? And, uh, she has a birthday party on Saturday. So she's, I think very much looking forward to that. Excellent. Good. That's what a six-year-old girl should be looking forward yeah. to is a birthday party coming up on Saturday. Manny Abarca is here with us, Jackson County legislator. You were there. This all went down. I mean, and you mentioned anger. You're not the only one. Uh, you know, we heard the same thing from the police chief. We've heard the same thing from the mayor that this is a situation that angers everybody. I mean, somebody put your six-year-old daughter's life in danger. So yeah. how do we turn that anger into action? What has to happen here because yeah. uh, because of this and as a result of what went down. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it um, yeah, I, I think this is, as I was trying to decompress with friends uh, through yesterday and, and even in the evening after the event, uh, one friend told me, um, he said, hopefully Missouri, Kansas City, Jackson County realizes what happened is unique when it comes to mass shooter events or active shooter events. Um, and although it, it wasn't necessarily a plotted planned scheme, um, that's what happened. I mean, mass casualties created a mass shooter situation. Um, and the fact that we had two governors, uh, legislators from both sides of the state line at the state level, county officials from both sides of the state line, uh, city council people from both sides, um, they were running with the ownership group of the chiefs, family members, with players, this is a microcosm of influencing influential with influential people, and we need to capitalize on that as an opportunity to move this tragedy into action. And we need to look at um, and and I'll say this here: gun reform. Um, we are a terrible state um, that has put guns before people's safety, and we've said, you know, the right to life. Well, that's not necessarily true. My friend is dead because of a gun. Uh, her family members are shot because of a gun. Um, you know, so that's that's when I was safe. That's what I texted our general counsel. I said, we've talked about this for a year. We've talked about preemption. We've talked about limitations with state and city governments. I said, I don't care. Pull out your pen. Let's get writing. Let's write policy. You are hosting a meeting on Monday to talk more yes. about it. Let's talk specifics here for a second. Yes. If Manny Abarca, if you get your way, you you magically get everything you want. What do you want to see? 
I mean, I think common sense gun reform is not taking your guns. That's not what this Democrat wants to do. But I think it is fair to say that we need better protections. Those protections include red flag laws that protect victims of domestic violence. They include background checks. They include limiting capacity magazines, as well as the size and scope of gun you can carry. Um, with you. It, it means that you get a conceal and carry permit and that this is done, not the wild, wild west of our country and our state. These are common sense policies that make people safer, and we know that based upon history. Ronald Reagan was a gun reformer. Sure. And you know, following an incident that he was directly involved in. So because of that, and I'm going to bring this up now to you, I'm sure you may have already seen this, that as a result of another mass shooting, the Pulse nightclub shooting in Florida several years ago, there is now a Florida legislator who wants to enlist uh, credit card companies saying that if there is an undue purchase like before the Pulse nightclub, I believe it was a twelve. Uh, I'm sorry, twenty six thousand dollars in just the days before that the wow. shooter in that case spent on guns and ammunition. That something like that would flag the police. Is that the kind of thing that you would be in favor of? Uh, that's an interesting concept, right? I, I'm not opposed to the thought of of looking at all these things, right? Because I think you can also say mental health reform and financial support is another way, right? I mean, making sure that folks who are mentally ill cannot have access to these weapons because. They have a robust set of support systems that help them. Uh, housing reform, right? Uh, the, there are many things that we can go at if that's the approach, and I'm open to all those ideals. Can, can, honestly, in that one, a uh, financial services person that I know very well is my former boss, the congressman. I'm going to employ him as well as other folks that I've talked to um, to do everything they can anywhere they can to make this not happen again, to make sure that my daughter and other daughters uh, return home from major events. We have the World Cup coming. The World Cup is coming. That one million crowd thing, that's going to be blown out of the water soon. And we need to figure this out soon. Manny, I just want to ask one more quick question before we let you go, sure. because um, there were reports in the Star this morning asking questions and not really having answers about the state of the security at the parade itself. Um, and we're not really getting a lot of answers about that. 850 <laughs> law enforcement officers were there. Arguably, it was the safest place in Kansas City, and yet this still was able to happen. How did you feel before the shooting happened? Did you notice police presence? How did you feel about the state of security? I could feel police presence in my mouth. Um, this was 100% the most safe place you could possibly be. 800 good guys with guns standing right there. What does that tell you? That is a reactive measure, not a proactive measure. Uh, I have talked to folks as well about this idea of, oh, we could have made it the venue safer. Oh, we could have it at the stadium. Well, we could also have common sense gun reform, and all of this would not be a problem. Fences that barred us in, like at the um, NFL draft, would have probably made things worse. Um, I, I praise the law enforcement folks who were there, who ran into the building, who ran towards the shooter, as well as I praise the two guys that tackled the person that they thought was a shooter. Um, everyone was doing their part in this situation, except for the state legislature focusing on gun reform. Jackson County Legislator Manny Abarca, thank you as always for the time. Hug your daughter for us. And, thank you uh, And we'll talk again soon about other things, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Take care. All right, thanks. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate it. Um, you are reacting strongly on the text line to what you heard. 913-586-7798. We'll have time for some of your calls coming up next here on KMBZ. All right, we've got about six, seven minutes here before we turn this over to Dana and Parks. It's still sensitive. We're still processing events from this week, and some of you want to talk about it. Let's go to the phones and do just that with uh, Angie, who's calling in from Prairie Village. Hi, Angie. 
Hi, guys. Great job. I've been listening to you the last few days, uh, in addition to all the time. But, Thank you. Thank um, you. You had, you had asked the question, like, how do we make the city safer with 800 cops there and this still happen? I think that the police need to be placed in the dense part of the crowd in front of the stage with the fans. You can see police all around, but I think a police presence maybe every 20 feet or something, having the cops in the middle of that, maybe you can catch a fight that's going to be happening. Um, you know, maybe somebody's not going to pull a gun that they have because there is a cop right there. I know that there were cops everywhere, but if you do look at the footage, like from the stage, you know, all you see is red. Like, I think it's okay to see police in the middle of that. And then along the parade route, they have cops stationed in front of all the barricades, which is great. But maybe they could zigzag it and have it people behind, or police set up behind um, the fans as well, being 20 feet deep when you're at 10th of Grand. Um, you know, I'm so proud of everybody. I, I love to hear what Manny was saying, too, because gun control is something, uh, gun reform. You know, nobody should have access to a weapon. Uh, no civilian should. So that's just my thoughts. You got it. All right. Uh, well, thanks, sorry. Edgy. And, yeah, uh, you, we mentioned earlier that I expect to see a lot more and hear a lot more from the city leaders about exactly that, about how they're going to adjust in the future. Because, I mean, it's also true that we're hearing from, you know, it's like half the people say we need more people in uniform to show that presence. Mm-hmm. And half the people saying, no, what we need is more people in plain clothes so you don't see them. And there's got to be some mix of all of that. I think, you know, the, those are all good starting points, but it's a matter of adjusting on the fly to see from you know from event to event how you can start affecting these things. Let's go to Bob in Overland Park up next. Hi, Bob. Hey, how are you? Doing all right, Great. Bob. What's on your mind? Well, um, I'm enjoying your, your conversation with the public about this, and I think we should. There's a couple of things that are um, getting under my ire a little bit. So, I, again, I, I want to make sure everybody understands that I'm empathetic. I'm sympathetic. We shouldn't have this going on in our country. But two things that I that bother me a little bit, and the one is, uh, you know, people want to implement more laws. And, and in a simple sense, none of this happened because somebody broke the law. I mean, they, there was these guns were not legal. They were not appropriate. Hold and on a minute. We don't know. We have no. We don't know anything about the guns. Okay, I'm speculating. Yeah. Um, from my knowledge and visibility of what I saw, and you're correct, we don't, we haven't had that confirmed. But my my bigger concern is is that in this country we have excess of everything: social media, lack of uh, mental health support, et cetera. We have a lot of problems, and I I hate to see us throw more legal options at something that probably needs other solutions. Uh, illegal guns, mental health, et cetera, I think needs more help. So then I'm just going to make one other comment, and then I'll let you continue because I know you got limited time. Yeah. The, the other challenge that I'm seeing in this is everybody is trying to support every aspect they can from this event when it does not appear to me to be a, quote, planned mass shooting. Two people or three people got stupid, pulled out guns, and it ended up hurting a lot of people. But it was not – this isn't a mass shooting in the tradition that people are somewhat using it for to obtain their political gains. So that's – those are the two things that I think are going on that I'm a little concerned about. 
just want to voice my opinion on them. I'm not necessarily right, but it right. bothers me that I, I hear a lot of this going on around the peripheral when we really have some bigger issues that we need to find a solution to rather than implementing more laws. I hear you, Bob. Th- thanks a lot for the call. I, I don't see it that way, but I appreciate you getting your uh, your words said. And with that, we'll go to Jim in Topeka to wind it up. Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. My North Star for Hope is seeing and hearing all the stories of people who helped so, <coughs> somebody <coughs> took the time <coughs> <coughs> They weren't first responders. Okay? They weren't that job. They put themselves to help somebody else. We needed. We 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 showed a society that was good and helpful. And I'm proud of Kansas City for the way that they stood up and helped other people when they needed it. Thank you for for doing that. And those people need to be recognized more than anything else. And we need to hear more about the people who took action to help. You got Take it. Take care, my friend. Good words, Jim. Thank you. John's off to vacation. Have fun next week. Bye now. Enjoy the warmer <laughs> weather. You're stuck with me. <laughs> so have fun. Uh, and we'll uh, join you here Monday on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.